You know, Chili will give you some good advice on marriage. Yeah. He he has a he has an outside perspective. Yep. You know, it's like he's not in the weeds of it, so he can see the the whole battlefield picture of He's like the LPO of marriage. Yeah, he really is. Yeah. yeah. Well one could argue that someone who's never been married doesn't need to be given advice on I'm gonna tell you what, Chili. <laughs> I found you a woman. You got to go to Central America to get her, though. Well, probably ain't going to happen. Chad showed her a picture of you. Oh, she did said he? she was interested. Yep. Yep. How old was she? She said, do y'all have stick bugs down here? And they, she said, yeah, that's one of my favorite bugs. And Chad said, take a look at this one. I know somebody looked just like a stick bug. <laughs> was she at least my age? Yeah, she was probably yeah. about Chili's age, yeah. 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 Well, that's good. Oh, crud. Um... There's another one that ain't going to work out, though. Well, you know, another problem, another uh, another hurdle. Central America is tough to pull off. Nah, it's easy, man. Yeah. It's easy. I know right where she's at. Easy day. Yep. Puta Vida, uh, Blanco Morfo. Puta Vida, Blanco Perizoso. Y'all might be wondering... Um, how Blake got his Spanish nickname. Morpho is I wasn't a, wondering. Morpho is a butterfly. It's a type of butterfly. It's a type of butterfly. They call it, and you know, a butterfly morphs from a caterpillar to a butterfly. Well, every time Blake goes somewhere, he goes through a morph. It's not every time I go somewhere. <laughs> He he got listen to him. You can hear it in his voice. He's he's morphing back now. No, this is still I'm still on the other morph. I just hadn't. You're gonna you're gonna hadn't, uh, switched yet. What happens when you when you're in the middle of a morph and another morph starts happening? It's a reverso morpho. <laughs> the secret to Spanish chili is just put an O on the end of everything. I don't. I don't speak Spanish. You say you don't know Spanish, but it's just you just put an O on the end of everything. <laughs> I don't speak O Spanish. There you go. You just <laughs> if you would have said Spanish O, I you would have said it right. I think it's Espanol. You should have heard Chad act like he knew what Freddie was saying the whole way up the mountain. <laughs> he would just draw conclusions. <laughs> Freddie was talking about some plant and how they it's a very expensive plant. They put it in hotels and houses. And Chad said, he's saying they build houses out of that plant. <laughs> it was a leafy plant. I mean, I thought, you can't speak Spanish. Do you think you can now? Oh, yeah. I figured. Yeah, I've got, That's going to get old. I've <laughs> got a strong command of the Spanish language. That's going to get old, though. <laughs> there you go. Real quicko. <laughs> Nathan was texting Chad the other day about something. And Chad just started responding to him in Spanish. He was typing the translation. Yeah, he did it to me last night. Did or, he? Yeah. Yeah, but I couldn't get Chili sucked into it. Oh, I got okay. Nathan sucked into it. No, I don't play those games, though. Look, man. We've been down in um, Central America, Costa Rica, uh, for the last six days, I guess. And there, there's a lot of things that go into this story here of our adventures in Central America. Um, 
we got hired by a really cool company to come down and do a speaking engagement slash mission, kind of a two-day thing, and uh, a long time ago. Yeah. It's been on the calendar for a long time. And we didn't know, I mean, traveling outside the U.S. right now can be a racket. And anytime you leave your country, you're putting yourself at hazard. You may not, you may, it, it may, you may have some troubles getting back mm-hmm. <laughs> because things are, things change so rapidly now. And so, Chile, uh, we, we obviously wanted to go down there as a team and we, we, we get everything lined up for Chile to come down. And he goes to get his passport, and he can't write. Did y'all, did y'all know this about Chile? He can't write. Yeah. And um, the passport wizards could not read his handwriting, apparently. I think he did it on purpose. Well, yeah, he did. Uh, no, I didn't do it on purpose. Listen, I didn't want to go and submit to the COVID tyranny, all the tests. But I was going to do it. If I got my passport in time, I don't travel. Listen, I don't travel internationally. <laughs> I just don't do it. I ain't going to do it. I have no plans on ever doing it until this came up. And so I go to submit my passport in June. I mean, this was plenty of time. I even paid to expedite it. <laughs> I paid. I didn't try to mess it up. Good grief. I spent $200 or $250 to expedite it. Okay. And. September, early October comes, or I don't know when it was. I get it in the mail, and I think, oh, that's my passport. It's a letter saying you've we can't read your handwriting or whatever it said, something like that. Well, so I went back, fixed it, took a new photo, and, uh, and they basically were like, yeah, it ain't going to get there in time when I told them the date. And I said, well, all right, I'll let them know. And then comes around whatever day y'all were leaving what wednesday tuesday night it the it, 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 the you book got, got there <laughs> that's unbelievable i think it got there a lot quicker and he just <laughs> he's had tell it us. for a month <clears throat> yeah. oh yeah he's had it for a month i yeah. haven't i really haven't but they still ain't sent me my birth certificate back mm. you need to travel internationally chili i don't well, i don't makes you a more well-rounded person I'm kind of glad Chili didn't go because I, I don't think he would have came back. No. As soon as he met Octavio and went to chewing on the sugar cane, sugar cane and eating soursop. Eat, just use it in machetes, the only utensil that there that existed. Yep. I would have, yeah, I know I would have liked maybe all of it, a lot of it, but I can't get stuck over there, you know. Man. You it was right up your alley, dude. If you's gonna get stuck anywhere, that'd be the place to get stuck. Well, who wants to attack Costa Rica? What outside threats do they have? None. They don't have a military. Yeah, that that's what that's what we were talking about. They don't have they, they apparently they have more teachers than police officers. They don't have a military, and you look at the the country. I I assume. They're not rich in natural resources. Um, and 
I guess the if something crazy happened, maybe at some point Costa Rica could become a strategic location. But as of now, there's nothing strategic about it. So, well, I mean, yeah, I was fixing to say, if they don't have a military, couldn't somebody just take over that little strip? Well, yeah, you could. If you wanted to. But there's no reason to, you're saying. <laughs> really no reason to. I mean, why take it over when you can just go down there and just be a part of it? <laughs> yeah. Well, they don't have anything anybody wants, so all of this is an attraction. They just got a bunch of volcanoes and beaches. They ain't got no bananas or nothing? Oh, yeah, they got fruit. A lot of fruit. Yeah, they got fruit. You know, war's been started over bananas. <sighs> well, you mean yeah. bananas? Banana Republic. Um. And and even, you know, leading up to the trip, I even got to the point. Brooke got really sick. Like, not dangerous sick, but she was sick for like two weeks. I think she may have had the coronavirus. She might have been morphing. She might have been a morpho. <laughs> she got sick like two weeks, and I thought, here I am. Whatever this crap is she has, I'm going to get it. And it's going to hit me while, you know, after I done been down there for a day or two. <laughs> and I'm going to be stuck down there for two or three weeks. And so I called Blake about <laughs> two days before we were supposed to leave. And I said, man, did, you just want to not go down there and do this? <laughs> I know you. I knew you were thinking about it just because of what you had said about a week before. You were like, oh. <laughs> We get stuck over there. That's Chad's raw thoughts coming out. He needs. He always got to have someone that can just listen to his raw thought dump. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, and how and how'd you talk me out of it, Blake? Well, when when Chad gives you his raw thought dump, you got to say, you got to let him think that he has the option to do either one. You say, hey, man, it's it's up to you. You know, this is kind of what I think and how I feel. But in the end. You know, whatever you think. And uh, you kind of gently guide him down the path you'd like him to go and make him think it was his decision, and then he's happy to go. Oh, that's funny. I didn't I didn't take that approach. He he was saying something to me, and I said, well, you got to go. I said, hey, you got to go, though. You told him you'd go. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and he will go on that account, but he, he won't be happy about it. If, yeah. if you make him think it's his decision, then he's happy about going. <laughs> So you can get him to do whatever you want him to do. It's just a matter of whether you want him to be happy about it or not. That's right. That's right. So Blake talked me into uh, going down there. So we got our health passports. Health pass. Awesome. Boy, that was a lot. You put in a lot of work on that, didn't you? Yeah. Because, I mean, oh, that, that was one of the stipulations, by the way. I remember now when, when – uh, when I was seeing all this email traffic come through, like you got to get this, fill out all this paperwork, mm -hmm. fill out, do this coronavirus thing and test and all this. I was like, all right, Blake. Well, if you want to go, if you want to fill all that out, I'll, I'll go. But if, but I ain't doing none of it. Don't depend on me for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it probably took, I don't know, at least, three hours to fill out because I'd never done it. If I'd done it before, I probably could have shaved an hour off of it, but it's still a lot of paperwork. Um, and just submitting to that crap. I mean, what was, you got a health pass. What was your social credit score? Was it good? Y'all in the green? 
Well, so no, no, we're not in the green. Oh, okay. We're not because we were we were asked multiple times if we were fully vaccinated, mm. boosters and all. Um, That'll knock you down. Yep. And so that knocked our our social credit score way <laughs> down. So we were just barely able to go. Uh, and you know, Chili's been talking about this um, social credit score for a little while now. And this is the, um, this is what this was. It's it, the it's the precursor it's the pre- preliminary. They're they're fleshing it out and testing it, but it essentially becomes a QR code mm-hmm. that you have with you on your device, and they scan it and they can see everything about. Well, I say everything. It's gonna. I think when it's implemented on a global scale, um, it's gonna give a lot more information about you but they can see your vaccination status your name social security number you know all all those important things about you so it was interesting to really see that in play yeah that worked you went through the beta phase of it yeah i mean really uh, it's kind of wild that it's it's not just theory anymore (laughs) no it's happening yeah and that uh yeah i don't want to test it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm trying to avoid it at all costs but Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wondered your experience with that because mine was none. Blake, Blake just said, "Hey, here's your, here's your." Well, I mean, your experience going through, you know, having it. I mean, and I guess they scan something, and yeah, everything's tied to it. When did they scan that? When we got to Costa Rica? Uh, no, before. Oh no, maybe it was. Maybe it was. Talked to that at customs. Yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, it was at customs when when we landed. Yeah. And that's what I was, you know, many months ago, people were talking about, well, I'll just get a fake card and fake this, fake that, or whatever. And I mean, you ain't going to be able to fake nothing when it's on your tied to a digital. And you got to scan it to go in the grocery store. Yeah. You yep. can't really fake that. Mm-hmm. That's what I was always saying from the beginning is these people, they want to get around it. And you can get around it at first, but what's coming is, is pretty foolproof. It's ingenious how they've <laughs> designed this to work, and I think it'll be implemented worldwide, bef- you know, soon. So, yeah, I think it's yeah, well, well on the way. They're seeing that it works, and and I want to I want to give you a caveat. That is what's coming if we let it. Yeah. Come. Uh, All right. There's your caveat. <laughs> So, once we got, once we landed and got through the little customs there, though, it was smooth sailing, dude. Traveling was simple. Even traveling. from the, the, the precursor stuff was the, the hardest thing. Once you got all that done, it actually flying and going through the checkpoints was, I thought it was extremely easy. Yeah. And so, y'all might ask. Oh, well, it's going to be convenient. Yeah. Got to be. Yeah. Y'all, y'all might ask, well, Chad, you don't believe in all this stuff, and why would you go and do that? Well, it's because I don't know if, if y'all understand this, but I'm actually, um, I'm covert, man. When, when I go and do these things, my number one objective is to inject Jesus into the conversation. That's it. 
If it if it was if it was not for that eternal objective that has been placed upon me and you and you, if it won't for that, I wouldn't freaking do this, man. If all I was doing is going down there to talk about ultra running and SEAL teams, I wouldn't freaking do that, man. Yeah. What did Jesus say? He said, go out, go on out there and be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. <laughs> so, you know. Well, that's that's what we talked about when you were going through your phase of should we should we go with all the all of the hassle is if if we're going down there just to motivate people, then no we should we shouldn't go. It's not worth it. But you reminded me of my eternal objectives. Yeah. yeah. I said if if we're going down there for the purpose, which should always be our purpose of to share Jesus, then it's worth anything. It's it doesn't matter if that's what Jesus has called you to do, and this is lined up, then you should go do it. And I remember telling you, after we decide, after you decided, yeah, okay, we'll go, is that even through the process of it, as much as the traveling may be a pain in the butt or not, if you're not happy and smiling and, and showing joy through that process, then you're, you're doing a disservice at that point because yeah. you're not portraying the joy that you have Regardless of your what your circumstance is, you know. So, and you did good at it. You, I mean, I think the whole flight you was happy, cutting up, laughing, smiling, and so I, I think that goes a long way. If you look, what did everybody look like when we were coming through customs back into Atlanta? They had this old solemn look on their face. <laughs> Nobody was talking. They were dragging their feet, and they were like robots to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so this was a this was a special operation for the kingdom. Yeah. Is what it was. And you know, we'll get to it in a little bit, but I I'll, I'll go ahead and say it. You think well you you're going to give a speaking engagement to a bunch of uh highly successful, intelligent, hard working, hard charging Americans. What are you talking about sharing the gospel with these people? What? They they are they they already know that. What are you going down there to talk talk to them about that? Or don't care or don't need or it. Or don't care or don't need it. Or think they don't need it. I'm gonna tell you, man. God has recently given me the format of what my talks will be from now on. And this was the first time I gave that talk in that way. And we got done, and we have Q&A at the end. And I think, okay, well, these people here are going to ask me about topics revolving around mindset or leadership or SEAL teams, or whatever. That's how they're going to utilize that time, right? Every single question pertained to spiritual matters. And they finally, 
through a series of questions, pulled the whole truth of the gospel out. And I had the realization that for some of those people, in their 50s, that was the first time they had ever heard the gospel of Jesus. When I say the gospel, I mean the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. That was the first time they had ever heard it. (laughs) Yeah, it was the... uh... The speech was over, it was Q&A, and people were asking questions, and one guy would ask something, and Chad would give him a little bit, and another guy, Chad was saying, man, y'all, I'm not going to get into the weeds of this, I'll answer your question. Then another question, and he's like, man, y'all really wanting to get into this, ain't you? And he'd answer the question. Finally, one guy said, uh, Chad had talked, you know, gave the part talking about where we can't die, and the dude was like, what do you mean that we can't die? And it was like, uh, it was like all, just all full force right there. He just laid it out as pure. There was a there was a time where if someone walked in, they would have said, "Darren, y'all having a Saturday church session here?" I mean, y'all having a meeting of the church down here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they just kept on and on and on, and finally, I said, "All right." Y'all want to get weeds on this? And look here, the the thing the thing about it is, they didn't pay me to come down there to talk about those things. Uh-uh. <laughs> and and um, but it's what these people are hungry for because they've mastered the physical plane, the mental plane, and 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 all things the leadership. I mean, these people are running teams of five to seven hundred people. They've mastered all that, man. But they had not wrapped their mind around the spiritual plane. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, all right, well, I, 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 I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you really what I'm talking about here. Just understand, this is the way I believe. I'm not forcing this upon you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but here it is. And... I'm going to tell you, man, it hit. Yeah. And it wasn't me. The Holy Spirit just rained down on that joint, and it hit, son. So that was mission accomplished. Yeah, it was. That was better than I thought it would have went. Well, so here's my question. So if you hadn't went, then that would have never happened. Yeah. And my hang-up, on not participating in some of that is, you know, going back to what you said earlier, I believe it hundred percent. You said this will happen. All of this, all of these developments and the social credit score that we were talking about. And you said, unless we do something about it. Well, what is doing something about it? Because in my head, the first part of that is to like, not even go, you know, avoid ever playing with it at all but going back to what you just said if you hadn't that wouldn't have happened yep well it's prioritizing earthly uh goals over eternal goals so so this is what i've been thinking about for weeks now in my head 
how much should we try to stop what is inevitably going to happen on the earth to, to the, like, while you're trying to stop what's going to end up happening on earth, you're missing out on those opportunities. I mean, I don't know the balance. I don't, I don't know the balance. I mean, I don't know it. Well, I think there is no balance. The, <laughs> if, you, if it's sharing the gospel, that should always take priority over your desire to not be a sheep. Like, if you feel like we have this opportunity, but we don't want to give in to this because it's uh, like these people might not ever hear the gospel if I don't go, but if I don't go, then, then I'm not giving in to these things that, have been put in place. To me, it's never a question that you should not go share the gospel with someone because you don't want to. Yeah, I mean, it's... No, Blake and I had an hour-long conversation about this last last night. night. Yeah. And and, and don't worry, Chili, it's all going to be in my book. (laughs) Okay. Can't wait. Was you making notes over there last night? Oh, yeah. I thought you were. But, I mean, is that not... So, so the way to ask that? that, No, that's that's a beautiful question. And it's, it's the same question... That, that comes into my mind regularly, right? Um, and there, I think there is an answer to that question. That's a whole podcast. That's yeah. a whole, that's a whole, it's all going to be in my book, guys. <laughs> Pre-orders coming soon. Just pre-order this book. <laughs> uh, but that's a significant issue that we need to solve in our own minds yeah uh and and i think you could even put it in a way of is your only objective to evangelize or share the gospel is that your only objective as a christian all right if that is your only objective then yeah you would submit to whatever you needed to submit to in order to accomplish that single objective well, that only works for so long because it'll eventually get to a point where you will, you will not be able to do that or you will be killed for it or, or imprisoned for it, right? So there's a balance there. We'll talk through that later, well, man. But in, I mean, I think it's prioritization of the objectives. Of course, that's not our only objective. It is our main objective here, but not our only. So when those two rub up against each other, just like any other priority in your life, Work versus family. When those rub up against each other, what takes priority? Like, what do you prioritize more? The mission of of spreading and sharing the gospel, or the mission of preserving the America? And those two can get close. They can walk the line to where it could be either way. But when they rub up against each other, you got to boil it down to what is actually, what actually is this? What's my intent and mission behind doing this? And which one do I cho- have? I chose to prioritize. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it, yeah, we could all agree that's not our only mission in life. I mean, you got to see that. It. I think a lot of it could fall under that one mission if you were to like do the subtext. But then you got to prioritize it. But again, yeah, I mean, it's a whole other podcast. I but. think you could make an argument that's the only. I mean, I'm not saying that's. I think you could make an argument that's the only mission. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, and then you could say the other things you do are because of that. Yeah, I, that's rough. There, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> now, I'm trust me. But I, anyways, I'm glad we're we're both thinking along these same lines. Are you going to contribute to this book? By the way, you keep you notice how he asks like that. I mean, 
Well, no. Well, I mean, you just am I just gonna come? I, I'm gonna. I no. What you I'm haven't gonna, asked me to for one. What I'm gonna do? What kind of what my plans are for this thing is I'm gonna write write all this out. And when I when I'm done with my piece, when I say okay, this is everything I want here, I, 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 I'm 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 depending on the Holy Spirit to let me know when this thing is done from my part, right? And then I'm gonna pass it off to Chili, and Chili's gonna be able to go in and put in some of his thoughts. You know, whether it's just here and there, right? And then I'm going to pass it off to Blake, and he can just put in his thoughts. And and by and by the way, when this thing releases, it's going to be version one. And this thing will be updated. This book will be updated, I believe, every three to five years or so. So it's going to be like a, it's going to be a revolving text. All right, that that's my vision for it. Five years from now, it probably won't even be updated. It'll just you just had to start over, <laughs> be a whole new set of problems. Yeah, I mean, that's my vision for it. But we, but um, anyways, we get up in this daggone country here. Uh, you know, it's a pretty spectacular place. It's it's like, you know, it, it reminds me of the way you would think about America. As far as culture, liberty, um, individual responsibility, work ethic, all those things, it's like America in the 50s is what it reminded me of. Um, and we're staying on a little place on the beach there. <clears throat> the next day we wake up, we go to the river, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, Leslie we, comes We hook up, up with Leslie and Ursel. <laughs> yep. And... Um, Super good guys, man. We drive out. Uh, they really show us what Costa Rica is like, mm -hmm. not in just the tourist towns. And so we're stopping in these little roadside. In Costa Rica, the communities have established their, the rural communities have established their own little economies. One guy grows fruit. One guy sells rostillos. One guy, once somebody makes bread, the another guy down the road's got some cows. It's legitimate economy, and you That's can supposed to be yeah. You can just pull off these dirt roads and knock on the person's door, and it's like they're the person on that on that little road there that that sells the bread. Yeah, and people just know it, and almost every house has got a little sign out in front of it saying. This is what what I this is the service I offer. Yeah. Everybody's out on the front porch making something, making a a, a, a some sort of woodwork bench or or something that they can contribute, right? They don't even need money. No, they don't. They don't need money. Um and so we got to see that with Leslie and Ursel. We would have never walked up to this freaking random sh shack almost on the side of a gravel road in central america and knocked on the door we would have expected like to get ran out of there yeah and they're like no man just walk up there and knock on their door yeah and then people come out smiling and and want to help you and 
They they don't look at you like you're a dumb American for not knowing Spanish. They want to they want to be patient with you and teach you and share their culture with you. Mm-hmm. That was really really cool, man. And um, we get to this we we stop in this little spot. We got to meet Octavio. Yep. Octavio lived in a little uh, shed, and he just all he had was a machete and a dog. And a little clothesline and dry his clothes. He lived off of bananas and soursop and sugar cane, sugar cane, coconuts, whatever he could get his hands on. Yep. He did have him a little set of deer antlers nailed up on the door of his shed there. Yeah. <laughs> that was black market. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That jugger was cool. Jugger was like 73 or 74 years old. And this Joker looks strong, dude. Yeah. Just wiry strong. Yeah, he looks shredded in that video. I'm telling you, man. <laughs> oh. We go do this river. It was awesome. Got to meet some more guys, Daniel and David, the river mm-hmm. guides, on the rafts there. Rafted down class three, four rapids. That was a good day. Yeah. Day two. Oh, on the way home, by the way, we stopped at this. Oh, yeah, Maximo. We, we go down this. Oh, yeah, well, we met. We bought some Rustillos from Maximo. Rosquillas. Rosquillas from Maximo on the side of the road. He's already turning it American. Yeah. Rostitos. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like a Dorito. Then we go Then we go to this lunch, lunch spot, and that's where your future wife is at. Mm. Oh, yeah. So good. good. The, the women there carry themselves different than American women. They're, they stand up straight. They're well put together. They're like, they take care, they, they take genuine pride in their natural beauty. If that makes sense. They stand up straight. They speak clearly. They look you in your eye. They're friendly they, they, it's just a totally different. Okay. That's where your future wife's at. All right. What's her name? I know you didn't know it. Um, uh, don't make it I think up. It was Esta, Estevania. It may have been. I think don't her worry. dad's name was, they were saying was Estevan. You'll meet her. You'll meet her later, Chili. <laughs> um, and this restaurant was at the base of a big volcano. And it's down this dirt road. You would never know there's a restaurant there. If we wouldn't have been with uh, Leslie, we would have never freaking found this place. No, by American standards, you would never think there would be something there. The more we spent time in Costa Rica, it seemed legitimate that the restaurant should have been there. Yeah. Uh, you know, according to their culture. Yeah. But according to American culture, it's like, nobody going to find that place. We're, we're just right, literally riding down this dirt road. And we pull into this place at the base of this volcano, and it's like a it's like a oasis. Yeah, like hot springs everywhere, and beautiful landscaping, and little little huts, and really, really just top quality food and service. Unbelievable, man! And so we're sitting here eating lunch, and I'm looking at this dang volcano, and this joker's big. <laughs> And I'm like, man, Leslie, 
how would you go about getting up the top of that thing? And Leslie said, oh, I know somebody. Like he says, anytime you want to do yeah. anything in Costa Rica, he knows everybody. Yeah. And um, because here's here's the another big difference between there and here. In Costa Rica, there's no national scenic trails or they're, they're, they're way, way behind in terms of adventure than we are here. Like nobody maintains uh, trails or there's like in national parks or national yeah. forest. Well, what's the government regulation like? I mean, is there public land? Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. tons of public land, but there no, there's nobody has went in and done any trails or anything. It's just raw land. Everyone cares about the uh, the water out there. That's that's the big thing. Is like diving, fishing, and as far as land, they don't. I don't think it's a big, no, like a big attraction. So I, I was like Leslie, and Leslie's like, I know a guy. I was like, well, hit him up, man. We want to go to the top of that thing. He's like, I know a guy that can show you how to get up there. He calls him up, Freddie, and. uh he said, yeah, man, Freddie, I'll take you up there. We said, all right. And we thought, well, whatever. He said, we'll run by Freddie's house. You can drop a pin on his house where you can get back out here the next day. We're about two hours from where we were staying. And so the next morning, we get up at about 530, hop in the car, drive to Freddie's house. Well, hold on. Remember them leaf cutter ants that we seen at the restaurant? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chad, these leaf cutter ants have... They they blaze a trail. They climb this tree and and uh, clip these leaves off, and they cut them a trail. Looks like a game trail across the grass. They literally wear a a trail in the freaking dirt. Yeah, just they real small. Walked it so much. It's probably about two three inches wide. Yeah, and they they carry their leaves into their ant mound, chew it up and spit it out, and it ferments and turns into a fungus. <laughs> and they eat it, and that's what they live off of. And they pipe out the uh, methane pipes so it doesn't build up. And then there's these little ants at the entrance of the hole. Their their nest is in the ground, and they're inspector ants, quality control. And they come out, and they climb on the leaf and make sure that it's it's a good leaf. And if it ain't, it makes the ant drop it and go get another one. If it's a good leaf, they let them go into their house. So... That was pretty cool to see, and we was kind of following their trail up there, and they, where they've got their hot water pipe coming in for what the hot springs. What are you talking about? The hot water pipe? It's an for, ant. No, no, there was a hot water pipe next to the trail. Oh, and as we're following the trail up, I said, Chad, there's a hole in that in that pipe right there, and it'll shoot water out every so often. <laughs> And he gets real close to it, looking at it, thinking I'm full of crap, and it and it shoots out and sprays him right in the face, and likes to knock him on his tail. He slips down the hill, so that was funny. But the uh, the leaf cutter ants were cool. Huh. Yeah, that was an interesting system they had, and yeah, all that all that water, that volcano, man, them things make some weird stuff happen. Yeah, volcanoes. Bu yeah, bubble stuff's bubbling up and hot water and pressure and steam and just everywhere yeah some weird stuff going on with them volcanoes man but anyways yeah we get up the next morning and go to freddy's we show up to this guy's house and this guy's just got a little a little house on the side of this back road and he's a cattle farmer and um we get out 
And here stands our our guy that's going to take us to the top of this volcano. And his name's Ultro Freddy. <laughs> so there were two Freddies. Ultro means other. What The one Freddy was the owner of the cattle farm. And this guy that was supposed to take us to the top of this volcano was a was like a farmhand. Those Freddy. Yeah, those Freddy. And those Freddy, he was not in very good shape. He had got out of shape over about the last week or so. He said he hadn't been doing much PT for the last five or six days, and he had gotten out of shape. He'd been working on his house. Yeah. That he, happens fast. Yeah, he got out of shape real fast. Yeah, yeah. I seen Freddy. I think we would have got along. So I'm, lo- Freddy. I'm looking at Freddy, and this Joker here he stands. He's probably about two hundred and ten pounds or so, a little overweight. He's got an old pair of rubber boots on, like what you'd buy from Walmart, and he's got a, a sheathed machete. Nice sheath. And he's got his sheath made, and it's got all these tassels hanging off of it, and all this decorative stuff on it. And this son guns, he's got it on a string. It's hanging down past his knee. He's got him a pocket knife, a cell phone holder, and he's got him on a little, a little drawstring denim pack. And in that pack, he had a old two-liter Coke bottle full of water. He had two packs of Cheetos and a pack of crackers. <laughs> And a, and an old rain jacket. Yeah, yeah. He had an old rain jacket, like you'd buy from the dollar store. Dude, he literally. That's that's what I would take. That's yeah. how everybody was <laughs> out there. Yeah. And, the, and so, the Cheetos. That's brilliant. Yeah. Hmm. And so, we are like, all right, let's do this, man. I, I, I'm looking at this guy. I'm like, well, obviously, this ain't gonna be that hard. If this guy's about to go up here. In this type of gear, there ain't going to be much to this. And not to mention, only him. But now, there's two dogs with us. These two dogs. One of them's a puppy. Yeah. And Freddie thought we were ill-prepared. He kind of laughed at us going up. Like Y'all had, like, hyperlight packs on. Well, but he thought we was just some fancy rich Americans oh. that come out there and didn't know what we were doing. Oh, I got you. And he laughed at my... Sh- I had shorts on. He said, hey, I say frio. <laughs> Like, it's going to be real mm-hmm. cold up there. And he said, talk about my tennis shoes. He said, no good. You slip. And I said, I'll be fine, Freddie. So. Yeah, he, he didn't think we were going to make it. That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. He didn't. He, he wasn't just dealing with no random North Georgia yahoos. <laughs> oh, yeah. Little did he know. <laughs> yeah. So, we start headed up through this man's cow pasture. We're going through little gaps and fences and up through the pasture going, you know, approaching the base of the volcano. And we're walking at a pretty good clip. It's early in the morning. We're fresh. And old Freddie, you know, he starts to lag behind a little. And I thought, well, you know, if it ain't no worse than this, and he can just uh, he can just maintain that pace, We'll, we'll get up and down here pretty quick. It was only like eight kilometers. I thought, we'll get up and down here pretty quick. Well, he kept lagging behind, and we kept going on up, and we get out of the cow pasture into this kind of little scrub brush. Reminded me of mountain laurels, yep. about the height of mountain laurels, right? And we move through that little area there. The dogs are with us going. Then we start coming into some big timber. 
Um, so it changed the environment changes again and it's real dark in there, big timber. One of them dogs runs off the trail, trees a monkey. Uh, Freddie start, Freddie finally catches up with us and starts warning us to watch for our steps because of serpentines. I think he just wanted us to slow down. <laughs> well, it, it could have been. It, it, yeah. What kind of snakes they got down there? They've got, um, uh, a fur, uh, a fur, was it a Ferdinand or a, it's, it's one of the most poisonous snakes in the world. Um, huh. vipers. They've got, uh, pit vipers. They've got bushmasters. They've yeah. got rattlesnakes. We saw a viper. Got to kill some of them. Yeah. And as we move into this big timber, the trail starts to get a little steeper. But now it ain't, it's not super steep yet, but it's getting steeper significantly. And, uh, oh, Freddie, he starts to lag. Whoa. <laughs> oh, Freddie, he starts to lag further and further behind. And,. And finally, as we're moving up through this timber, Freddie starts complaining about a splinter in his finger here. Spina. A spina. <laughs> spina. And Freddie's got an old splinter right here on the inside of his thumb. And about every five minutes, he'll stop and start complaining about this splinter. He'll show it to you. He'll say, yeah, spina. He said, I need an ultra spina to get it out. Well, it needs another another. Uh, yeah, take it out. What was he doing? <clears throat> He yeah. was he was trying to get us to stop. We didn't realize it at this at that. But every time he oh he's just he, tired. He'd get out of breath. He he would act like that splinter was bothering him. So then we'd stop and he'd go off and look on a bush for another splinter to pick that splinter out of. And I said, Freddie, why don't you just use your pocket knife to get that splinter out? And he took his pocket knife out and he handed it to me and he wanted me to cut that splinter out of his thumb with a pocket knife. I don't know if he thought I was a surgeon or what. We said, no, man, I ain't doing that. Well, Freddie didn't want to get that splinter out. He just wanted a break. Yeah. Right? And we keep on moving up. We move by these trees. The, there's some timber in there called strangler trees, I think. Strangler ficus. And these jokers, man, are massive. And what it is, it's a it's some sort of parasite. And what it'll do is it it'll grow up around a tree that's there and and strangle the tree that it's growing up around but man that, that thing was probably a big around as this studio right here yeah did you see the picture of it chilling mm -hmm. yeah so he said the tree wasn't necessarily that big it was all that stuff that had yeah it becomes the tree so to speak it takes yeah. the form of it and but man that that was um that huge. was some wild stuff to see <sighs> well we kind of move on up and uh, all of a sudden, this trail gets rough. Well, we we move out into the field, remember? Yeah, yeah, that's where it started getting rough at. Yep. We, we come out into an open area, and we're in the cloud now. We walk out. There's a massive canyon. We walk out to the edge of the canyon, see that. Then we dip back into the woods, and this joker is getting steep, son. Yeah. I'm talking about, I think there for a while, it was well over a thousand feet of climb per kilometer. Yeah. Not mile. <clears throat> um, just legit, relentless, straight up trail. Well, I mean, a lot of the area you would, you would walk up and it would be ground in front of your face. Like, 
you had to look, actually look up to see the trail. If you just look straight forward, you just saw dirt and ground. Yep. And it starts raining. It gets. It starts getting colder, and the environment then changes again. And we, you're getting into like more rainforest type stuff, big ferns and super a lot of mud and cloud forest. Well, we weren't in the cloud forest yet. We kind of transitioned into some some type of oh, rainforest yeah, yeah. where there was still some big timber, but it was just more dense, right? And about this time, old Freddie. He starts catching cramps. And I'm going to tell you, son, that about put him down. Oh, yeah. He's catching cramps about every 10 minutes. <clears throat> By the way, we've been feeding him our food the whole time. Yeah. He, that joke, if you it, you could have offered that joker anything and he would have took it and Did ate he it. he already run through his food? No, he hadn't touched his pack of crackers yet. Why not? He brought the Cheetos for us. Yeah. All he had for himself was a pack of crackers. Why hadn't he ate that? He, I think he was saving that after he made the summit. He was, yeah. Yeah, he he was saving that for the what summit. What kind of crackers were That's a stupid question, but were they just like a regular pack? Just, yeah, just like a little pack like this with like four Oreo-sized crackers in it. Yeah. That's what he had. And so this sugar starts catching cramps, and we're waiting on him, waiting on him. Finally, he pulls out a little old bag. From his uh, a little plastic bag from his denim backpack, and it's got salt in it. <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, Freddie knows what he's doing, dude. Y'all yeah. make all matter of fun of me, and then you get out there with a real pro like Freddie and see how it's done. And he 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 wanted to make sure we knew that that was salt and not cocaine. Yep. Oh, yep. no, it don't look like cocaine. My salt looks pink. Was his not pink? No, he no, had that iodized oh, okay. yeah. table salt. So he gets him a little pinch of salt, and just like you do, Chili, yeah. puts it on the, puts it on his tongue, and, and uh, you know, it helped him a little, but uh, it didn't solve his problems. No. What did he carry it in? Did it was it just it was a bag? It was like a little pla. It wasn't even a ziplock. It was just a plastic bag. And he had the salt in it, and he just would twist the bag up. It's like you would package cocaine in a corner bag. Well, I but. need a new vessel. <laughs> I'm wondering if I need to go to that. Yep. Hmm. Yep. And um, we and this joker just this mountain just this volcano just keeps coming. I'm like, when is this thing gonna level out? I mean, it just kept coming, yeah. dude. And finally, we get up close to the top, and then we're in the cloud forest. And the cloud forest is exactly what it sounds like it is. These volcanoes, there's, I, they call them trade winds that blow across that portion of the, uh, of the Central America. Um, and these volcanoes have clouds hung up on the top of them, like 24-7. Yeah. I don't know if they ever clear out or not. But it's super wet, just as dense as you can imagine. You're not walking on the ground. You're walking on networks of roots. Mm -hmm. mm. No big timber. Like Hawaii. I imagine it would be similar to that, yeah. If you ain't walking through knee-deep mud. Yep, you're walking through. You're just walking on top of roots. I've seen that. That Hurt 100 looks like that. Yeah. What you're describing. I saw the videos he was showing. That's How hard is that to move on? It's extremely hard to move across. Yeah. 
And, and I mean, it's it's risky too. I mean, you've got sheer drops on both sides. Luckily, it's thick. It's not like you know out west. If if you did take a fall, I think you could grab something and stop yourself. But you're not gonna move fast across it. I'm gonna say maybe a half a click an hour or something. I mean, it's super slow. And Freddie, we get up in that stuff finally, and and it it levels off a little. And he can move good through that stuff. He starts picking up the pace, and we reach the first summit. And there's a sign up there. And that was the first time I realized that that farmer had cut all of that trail himself. Because on the sign, it said, thanks to Freddie, the farmer. He had cut all that trail. Yeah. uh, On on it, just... On his own notion, I was like, holy smokes, man. This took some dang work. And we hit the first summit. Then we move out to the second summit. It's getting, it's cold, rainy, nasty, windy. We hit the second summit. We come back down to the intersection, and there's a third summit, but it's it's lower than the primary summit, which was the second summit. And we were like, Freddie was like, y'all want to, by this time, Freddie's freezing cold. He's starting to jackhammer. He had ate his crackers. And uh, he's like this. He said, y'all want to hit, y'all want to go out to that third summit? We were like, no, man. It it made him learn English. Yeah. We were like, no, man, that one's (laughs) good. You've been so cold you can speak English. (laughs) That's the primary summit. And that joker said, Puda Vida. Puda Vida, son. (laughs) That means let's rock and roll. And uh, and so we we started our descent down through there, and you know that was just a that was an epic hike, man. Well, in that section from the second, the first to second summit, that was that was tough. You remember having to use the ropes? Oh yeah, like they had ropes tied off and on trees that you had to use to like lower yourself down. It was uh, it was that was pretty tough. Chili, you would have loved it, dude. Yeah, well, I know I would have liked I that. I really missed her. I really wish you could have been there the whole time. Well, I hate it. I'm sorry, but it uh, sounds like y'all had a ball. I, man, I would have liked to meet Freddie, if nothing else. Yeah. Oh, that that was the, the highlight of the trip was was the people, for yeah. sure. Well, people yeah. like Freddie and Leslie and Ursel and Miguel. And we could eat salt together. Speaking of balls, I mean, you didn't have the balls to come. I just figured I'd go ahead and throw that out there. Um, well, we've already discussed why but I didn't come. If you, so, if you would have came. So why say that? Why why move to disparage me? Because that's figured not. figured I would have thrown that in there. That's, that's not, not even Puda Vita, is it? No, that's not. That's got to be pure or something. What's that mean? That's pure boo-boo. <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, I, we've already discussed why I didn't come. It ain't got nothing to do with not having the. The huevos. The cojones. So we come on down off of there. That was a full day, man. Yeah. But definitely one of the highlights of the trip. At one point, Freddie stops and he says uh, in Spanish, is it going to be all right if uh, this takes a little longer than what I told y'all in the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be fine, Freddie. We ain't got nowhere to be. <laughs> so we got back down to the base of the mountain finally. And uh, we gave uh, we gave the main Freddie that built the trail, we gave him $100. And that joker, he said, Maximo Gracias. <laughs> well, no, did you, you gave him $100 American dollars. Yeah. 
What is that to them? One American right. dollar is 6,500 colones. Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot of freaking money. Yeah, yep. I was just going to say, like, potentially, depending on the conversion rate, if you give someone down there a dollar, felt like nothing, you may just gave them a lot of money. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's a it's pretty substantial difference. That, That's about a month worth of wages for a, a farmhand or a maid or... Like a labor job. Yeah, so there. that's crazy. You can just go down there and not spend a ton, you know, much money for you, and it makes a huge difference for them. That's kind yeah. of wild, just yeah. the conversion. Yeah, that was pretty cool. <sighs> yeah, that was a good adventure. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Third day was speaking engagement, right? Yep. We told you all about that. Uh, what fourth day was the rafting fourth, trip? Fourth day was the rafting trip with the river with the uh, group that we spoke to. Yep, that was pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna tell you, man, that river when you first see it, it's intimidating. Yeah, I mean, it really is. That's a serious river. Yeah, it was no joke. And so it was cool to I got to get up and give a little pep talk before we went down and got in the boats, and I think a lot of those. Um, a lot of the, a lot of them were really nervous about doing this, rightfully so. Yeah, <laughs> but they all rogered up for the challenge and went down and uh, and and did it. We got through, no injuries. The crew was awesome, and then um, yeah, fifth day. Yeah, it was when you were mucho turismo. Oh yeah, fifth day we went to that other volcano. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty. I mean, we saw a lot of cool stuff at that one. I thought that. I mean, it was a tourist attraction, but the more time than we had, that was the best thing we could have done to see just some cool things. The uh, the blue water and the bubbling bubbling in the creek and the waterfall and all that stuff. What was that volcano called? Tenorio. What was the one we climbed called? Meet a bias. Meet a bias. Well, when you say it was a tourist spot, this place, I mean, what was there a lot of people there? Yeah, I mean, just oh. a lot of oh. a lot of tourist people. They made you wear your mask for a hundred feet to go <laughs> buy your ticket that was outside, and you know, it just it was just mucho turismo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it was a cool place. It was know. something. It was something to see. Yeah. It, now, if you would have walked up that, if you would have walked up on that thirty years ago before all that stuff was in place mm -hmm. and it was actually in in the wilderness without a without a you know a kiosk or yeah whatever little, it was. yeah exactly yeah. yeah then then it would have it would have been much more beautiful but you know we had to get back to take our coronavirus test yeah so. then we go uh we go uh eat that evening and there's these Costa Rican boys they're walking around with pool noodles sections of pool noodles and these gotta hit the head bracelets me. on them and they come up and they uh start trying to sell them ah. sell them to us we're sitting outside eating at a restaurant you know right on the edge of the road and they came came up and chad starts talking to them and they said ah sorry don't speak a good english and chad said listen let me tell y'all something i don't speak spanish <laughs> and if you're gonna try to sell me something you got to learn some English, son. What the heck? And so they just keep standing there, 
I mean, this it seems like they stood there for like three or four minutes, just and they were just looking at each other. Me and Chad would just start laughing, and I'd look and point at Chad, put it all on him, and uh, so anyways, finally Chad just like no, no, and they leave, <laughs> and about three minutes later he comes back with his English speaking cousin, ah, who does speak pretty good English. There you go, and uh, we buy a bracelet from him, uh. Three dollars. Yeah, I, it, they wanted four. At first, he said you can get one for a dollar. Well, this is what we thought he said: you get one for a dollar, or you can get three of them for ten dollars. <laughs> and me and Chad were like, "What? <laughs> That's no I'll deal. Take, I'll take three for three. How <laughs> yeah. about that?" We were like, "That ain't no deal." And finally, we figured out he didn't speak the best English, but we finally we figured out it was one for four dollars or three for ten. Oh, and okay, well, that's said, good, yeah. I said, well, now I'll give you $3 for one of them. <laughs> so we bought one from him and bought some Man, good y'all bread. you a bunch of jerks. <laughs> well, we're teaching them boys some lessons in business. We're teaching them I some lessons. I told that joker, I said, if you're going to come down here and peddle these bracelets to a bunch of Americans, you're going to have to learn some English, No, son. no, the, listen, the only business they know is every time they see an American tourist, they go wreck them over the coals for them bracelets and y'all don't play along. So they should have just moved on. That's what they should have learned. Hey. When they get, when they get some buttholes, like y'all just move to the next one. <laughs> they, uh, old the, sad sap chili would be over there and they'd, I'd come, they'd come fleece me for every dollar I had. <laughs> that was pretty funny. The next day we went and ate at that same restaurant and, we were leaving, and this guy comes up to us. And well, first we get out, and this the guy walks over, and he says, "I'm the security." And we were like, oh, "All right." <laughs> and he was wanting us to give him some money because uh, he was saying, "I'm gonna watch your car for you. I'll be security." You by the way, this is just on like in like a little village, man. Yeah, yeah, little village roosters running around out in the road, uh, main street of the Do town. Do you have a gun with him? No, uh uh-uh. No. Well, then what security is he running? People around there toted around empty holsters, and they put their radio in their empty pistol holster. But, uh, so he says that, and we're like, all right, appreciate it, man. And we go go sit down and eat, then we're leaving, and this other guy comes up to us, and he says, hey, y'all driving the white car? We said, no, not that one. We're over here. And he said, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I see. And what did he offer? He offered uh, women... Women, weed, or cocaine? Women, weed, or cocaine. He had him a fanny pack on. He had it all, son. Did he really? And Chad went full weirdo on him. He said, son, we got to... He said, you get out of here with all that bunch of crap. (laughs) And that guy was like, son, what is this joker doing? And he just turned around and walked off. They was all calling him Bin Laden down there because his beard. They were calling you Bin Laden? Them people don't... Them people, very few of them can grow a beard. That that the beard freaked him out, dude. Yeah. You got nicknamed Bin Laden. Yeah. Dang. How about that crap? That's what Freddie <laughs> called him. Yeah. You should have looked you should have looked Freddie in the eye and said, I killed Bin Laden. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. Well dang. Offering cocaine and women. Yeah, that was uh that was the only time we really had that. Yeah. Had that happen. Chad shut him down pretty quick. Yeah, if you gonna come at me with some crazy stuff. You better be legit crazy, cause I will I will outdo your craziness. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean I'll come right back at you. Hmm. That it, threw him off there. It was a cool culture though, because nobody, you know, in America, 
you you go down to downtown Rome here, and you're gonna see five people standing out there with a sign asking for money, mm-hmm. uh, help needed, down on what whatever it is, and out there. You see a lot of people asking for money, but they've all got something that they're offering yeah, you in exchange not, for your money. It's a, it's not panhandling for, for just for no. Yeah. I mean, the roads are lined with people, but they're they all got orange juice. They've got some fruit they've grown, or them boys, them bracelets they made, or what they've all got something to where they said, yeah, we do need some money, but but we've worked and made this right here, and if you know, well, and listen, say, it's just. They know that they can make money when Americans come in, yeah, easy and and there ain't nothing wrong with that. That's that's what I'm saying. That's smart. I mean, people like me would give them a lot of money. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> and but you could have. I'm sure they would also get a lot of money if they just stood out there and asked for it yeah. from Americans. Yeah. But the point is that they're at least they're offering some kind of service or product to you, no matter how small it is. You know, like we bought some bread from a lady. The dang best bread I think I've ever ate. And uh, it was like... Yeah, two- I ate three loaves of it on the airplane. Yeah. <laughs> it was like $2 a bundle. And I was just like, well, I got six here. And just, just keep the change. And, yeah. and she was like, son, yeah, are I you mean- sure? And, but, the you know, the people that are... To me, it was just cool to see that. That it didn't. I didn't really notice it till I saw a lady I thought was doing it at a red light, but she was selling coffee mugs, <laughs> and I thought, "Look at that lady asking for money." And I, then the car went by, and she had her a handful of coffee mugs. <laughs> you gotta appreciate selling. the effort, man. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate the hustle. I mean, yeah. I mean, trying. I'm, I'm more likely to just give that person money and say, "I, I don't want your product, but here's here's some money for for being out here and trying." Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was, it, I, I'd buy a place down there, man. I'd I'd spend some. I, heck, I would go as far as to say I could probably just live down there. Yeah. Well, have you told Chili what we're gonna do? We're oh, gonna yeah. we're gonna buy a place down there, and you're gonna get your citizenship, and we're gonna move headquarters down there under your name, and you're gonna live down there and keep everything up, and then we're gonna come down there and with the families of few months out of the year i wish y'all wouldn't screw around like that because i'd do it you wouldn't leave tennessee man yes i would though no, you would love it man uh, the t- I, I, i've been searching far and wide on i don't know where here's the deal everyone talks about how dire america's getting well where are you gonna go you gonna go to australia huh. <laughs> you gonna go to you know france i mean what where the crap you gonna go there ain't hardly anywhere somewhere like that's about as good as you could That's do a place you could go listen yep. there there are no rules of the road tax there's no tag renewal you get a tag and you put it on your car and it, well that's that, what i do want to find out is what the government regulation is like there i mean that you're not aware of or what i mean it it they gotta be something the taxes are like slim to nothing according to what they told us it they, was like chili they 1%. don't even have mailboxes yeah no mailboxes you drive your four-wheeler, you side-by-side. If it's got wheels, you can go down the road in yeah. it. It's all about the individual's responsibility for themselves. Yeah. And you ain't going to mess around because somebody's going to freaking run you over. Right. That's how it's like, but there got to be something to it. Well, and those people, we I'll tell you, it. they are they're innovative. They, if there's a problem, they just solve it. Miguel was telling us this story, his 
well, it's his wife from New York, he said. Yeah. They got married, and she moved down there, and he had been traveling out on the boat for like 18 days at a time, and he'd come home for two, and she had been wanting to get a P.O. box. And he said that she would go in there, and they'd say, yeah, we got P.O. boxes, and she'd say, well, let me get one. And they'd say, well, we don't have the keys. They'll be in in about a week. And he said this went on for like three months, and they'd tell her that every time. And so he comes back, and she says, I got to have a uh, P.O. box. So he said he goes in there, and they tell him, yeah, we got some. And he said, all right, I'll get one. They said, but the keys won't be in for a week. And he said, well, how about I bring my toolbox in here with my pliers, and I pull your lock out, <laughs> and I put my own lock in there, and I give you a key and change the lock out for you. And they said, oh, all right, yeah, that'll be fine. And he said he gets it done in one day, but that just goes to show the innovation, and they're like, well, okay, I've got this problem. Yeah. How about I just come change the lock myself? Now, of course, you couldn't do that crap in America. There's probably some law against it, but down there, the the people have a problem, and it's like they don't get aggravated with it. It's just a part of life, and they do what they got to do to fix it, and they just move on. It's the, no frustration. They they figure out a way around whatever it is that they've got, and it was just cool to see that. I'd do that in a heartbeat. I just got to learn Spanish first. It would. It wouldn't be hard to learn. If you lived down there for a couple months, you you'd have it. You you you'd be you'd be good well, to go. I don't understand learning another language really. I mean, how well would you know it? You wouldn't understand the grammar, the the structure of how things. I mean, well, if someone well, taught you, you would. You I would think. Get, well, you just know a certain. You just know the right amount of vocabulary words, and then be able to be good. But I'd want to know it. Well, you would eventually. Well. Especially when we get you hooked up with that um, girl down there. I'm sure she could teach you a lot. I'm telling you, man, you'd be in hog heaven down there. I mean, it's, it is like exactly Blake said it. It's you have an issue, you take it upon yourself to figure it out. Nobody's freaking coming to help you or tell you what to do or tell you what you can't do. Yep. A lot um, of people fit. Everybody, well, now there were some mucho, mucho gorditos. <laughs> That's um, them American ones that yeah that, Americanized. There there weren't many though. You got out in them rural communities like Maximo and Octavio and these men that are in their sixties, seventies, eighties. They still are passionate. They're fit. They work every day. Um, well, they have to be. They they get out and they work in their own little local economy. You, I mean, if you're going to get out and do something every day, you can't be fat. You just not. Yeah, that's what be. I was going to ask. I bet nobody hardly ever runs or or no. do, you know does no. whatever. It's just because their lifestyle is work. That's Maximo it. had him a pile of wood stacked up. You couldn't fit in this studio right here. That he had split all that wood so he can go in there and make his rostillos <laughs> every day and sell them. Yeah, and I ta- and I asked Leslie. I said, you know, is there much crime through here? He said, there's no crime. None. Yep. All these people depend on each other. They're not going to hurt each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It was legit, man. It was legit. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. I mean, then we, uh, we flew back to good old America. Yep. Did you, did you have to reassimilate again? Land, Was that a hard land of the sheep? <laughs> well, heck, what is it? It's Wednesday. You were back last night. Yeah. yeah. So, is this yeah. is this been hard? 
like coming off the you know off of different things i'm i'm really i am really personally struggling with a lot of things in terms of what it we've talked about this before what is my attachment now to america and you know you we get in we we get back to atlanta and you go you're going through customs there and so here's the thing i'm back in my country this is my freaking country where if you tell me to freaking do something that is unjust i can tell you to screw off i could i didn't have that option in costa rica that wasn't my country right but we show up back into america and you know how the whole mass thing is on the in the airports. Well, I'm like, I'm back in my country. Screw these people. Let me tell all y'all listening. You do not have to wear a mask in the airport. You don't have to do it. <laughs> we tested that a long yeah, time ago. You literally, they can't do anything. There are a few choke points. That you'll meet. And that's what the the main one is getting on the airplane. Yeah. They won't let you on the airplane unless you put a mask on your face and walk down the 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 little terminal thing into the airplane. Once that sun gun gets off the ground and once you get to where you're going, they've got no control over you. But every single person. There were probably there were probably a thousand people in that little line little line to get through customs. Every single one of them had their mask on. Yeah. We were the only ones. Went all the way through customs, all the way through the daggone thing, and to our truck. You don't have to do this. And yeah, it it, it was it, the the hardest shift for me was going from the the that culture and lifestyle that we've been describing here of like individual responsibility and individual liberty, those aspects that are represented in this country in these rural areas of Costa Rica, and then coming back to that and like just getting thrust into it and being like, wow. These people are just cattle, man. That's all they are. They're just cattle. That was a hard freaking shift for me, dude. Yeah. You know, and, and trust me, I'm freaking fired up about it. I've been fired up for a long time. I well, mean, to me, the, the biggest thing, like, over there, it just seemed like people just were who they were. A lot of times I feel like Americans, you kind of got to look at, there's just a lot of show being put on and, and you got to wonder, is this person really who they say they are or are they really genuine in the things they're doing or are they doing it for another motive? And, and over there, being from America, I, I had questioned that with a few people we met and they just kept proving, well, we yeah, they just are who they are and then... You see that with every other person that you met over there, and they were legit. Yeah, I mean, 
there was no show to be put on or to be had. It, it, they just were who they were. If they were turds, then they just showed they were turds. And if they were good people, they showed they were good people. And uh, that and the, uh, I don't know if you can call it friendliness or just Puda Vitas, huh? Respect that they have. Like you'd go in a restaurant and they would greet everyone. People sitting at the table would greet the people that come in and out of the restaurant. They didn't work there. They didn't know the people. Didn't want nothing from them. No, they they would come in. They'd just say, Buenos dias. But if you were to do that in America, you'd think, if someone greeted me when I came in a restaurant in America, I would say, that person must work here. They're (laughs) they're being paid to greet me to come in the restaurant. And there, the people eating at the restaurant would greet the people coming in and out. If they're bringing their daily portion of eggs in there to the breakfast joint or fruit or chicken or whatever it is, they would just just greet them. It was just like Puda Vida. I mean, you kind of do that, right? I mean, if you're in a restaurant, you're maybe not if you're sitting down at the table, but if someone walks in or out and you're standing up, you. I mean, I acknowledge people. Yeah, but these people were sitting down eating, and they would stop eating and turn and say, Buenos dias, amigo. That's a little And weird. they'd go back to eating. Well, that's almost yeah. weird then. It was oh, initially. Weird, yeah. But huh. then it's like, that's just how much these people care about respecting each other. Yeah, and coming back here, man, I think I think the only reason one of the one of the only remaining reasons I haven't completely detached from my uh I guess attachment to what this place has become goes back to the conversation that we had earlier um about what it took the blood that was shed and and the sacrifice yeah. it took to earn that. I mean, I just can't, I can't completely turn my back on that. It's almost slapping the face yeah, to the brotherhood, I, and I just can't. I just that is what holds me. That is what maintains my connection and concern with what's happening here. Yeah, too much has been given for for what we have to just leave it. Yeah, yeah. Because it would be super easy to just pack up everything, buy a place down there for $100,000 and just be a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, anyways. We moved Chili down there. It sounds like he's interested. So, we, uh, we've we done been looking at real estate down there. We can get a nice place pretty pretty easy. We'll get a little little more acres and let you learn how to farm them cattle. Give you something to do, Dave. You to talk day. about being self sufficient down there <laughs> because of that climate and oh, and the amount of stuff you that can you can be, grow. You can truly be self sufficient. And well, they're a lot closer than we are. I can guarantee you. We oh. were we were talking about that when when that when this government system and and stock market and all this stuff when it collapses, they ain't going to give a crap. They won't. I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, unless there's some sort of, I mean, I don't know what the government in place is like there and what they're prepared to do or could do or what, you know, I don't know nothing about it. But just the way that their lifestyle is, if we're left unimpeded, unimpeded by, you know, some outside force. Yeah, literally, America and Russia and China could literally just burn down. And they'd just be sitting over there. He'd be shucking his uh, sugar cane. He wouldn't have yeah. a freaking clue. I mean, nothing would change. 
Well, I asked uh, Miguel, I said, what is like the news like down here? Though? I probably don't watch the news. Well, they've got it. And he said, well. Fort- I mean, like Octavio, Octavio he probably oh, yeah. don't sit there and watch the news. But even the news they have, he said, for example, when, uh, I don't remember what he was saying that what happened. Some big terrorist attack had happened. And he said, when the news came on, the first thing that was on the news was, bring your pet down to the Catholic church and they will whatever that is they do on their head or whatever. They'll do that to your pet, too, he said. <laughs> he said that was the first thing on the news. The local said, news. He said as it trickled down, they finally said, oh, and there's a there's a terrorist attack going on up, up here. But Where at? In Costa Rica? No, 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 no. in this oh, was was world news. Say, yeah, no. okay. This was what, you know, came over on their... Okay. On their well, yeah, I mean, that that's ancillary to them. I mean, yeah. Yeah. it's not like they're happy about it, but that don't affect their day-to-day. No. The, the pet... Uh, baptism does, yeah. <laughs> but you, you talk. I mean, you could grow coconuts, wanabana, bananas, avocados. Well, it sugar sounds like cane. all you need to live is that uh, the one fruit, soursop, soursop, wanabana. That's like the perfect race fuel, man. A little bit of protein, a little bit of carbs, low glycemic index. Tasted amazing. Oh, it was man, it was good, man. Yeah, you could you could be truly self sufficient down there, and and taxes, you you can't even you these people don't even have a freaking mailbox, man. Yeah, how are you going to get anything from this cat? They, they send have, around a tax collector. Well, I, Leslie was saying that you know there's a lot of um, unknown people in there because the Nicaraguans will come down and work, and so he said if you legitimately. But you know, participate in their tax system. Even then, you have to get to a certain level before you're even taxed. Like you can make so much money before they even fool with you. Yeah, fool <laughs> with you, and then at that point, you get taxed like one percent of your. Well, and I'm sitting there thinking too, like, how are they going to tax you if it's all just within the community exchanging? I mean, they can't. No, no, there's no way to to keep to even track it, and and they're not even concerned with it. No, I they they're concerned with taxing the Americans that live down there yep. and the tourist industry. I guarantee it. Yep. They don't give a crap about the So like the Americans that live down there, is there is there American looking homes with Oh yeah, yeah. With, there there are areas like um like the peninsula, for example, yeah. that is that investors, American investors have come in and bought large pieces of property and they've developed it to intentionally sell the real estate to Americans, yeah, yeah. So you know that that's the only part of that culture that's kind of been marred, um, but has also been good for the tourist industry to bring income to the to the locals, yeah, that participate in that, yeah. But yeah, I mean, oh, and just for just for your SA, Chili, we got our twenty twenty one tax projections, and I worked for three of seven project in twenty twenty one. To pay my taxes. So. 100% of the ugh. salary that we, because we've moved the business structure into this thing where now we have to pay each other. Um, 100% of what I have been paid. That's the tax burden. Will be used to pay my taxes. Within the three. <laughs> Good gosh. Can you believe that? I'm not joking. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, 
I don't even know what to say to that. How do you? It's like how how does that even make sense? How do we let it happen? Is I mean another? uh, I don't know. (laughs) I just figured you'd like y'all get ready to start hearing some tax things because it's coming into the year and our tax. I figured uh, you'd like to hear that, Chili. You're gonna have to file yours too, Chili. I don't. At 10.99. We'll see. Oh man! Oh, well, there you go, listeners. That's just a little uh, recap Come of on. our adventures in South America. That's a stark contrast between here and. Uh, we'll be back. Here. Yep, we'll be back. We got to go get Chili as bride. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Does she speak English? Yeah. yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she works in a restaurant. Yeah. I'll be darn telling you, man. She works in that oasis with the hot springs and bungalows for for you, Chili. (laughs) Well, you said you showed her a picture of me with the stick bug, so I'm sure that made her in. She's all over it. She said, me gusta stick bug. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, Well, that's all I got for y'all today. We'll be back. We'll be back to regularly scheduled programming next week. Well, we're already back to it, as far as listeners know. Yeah, that's true. We're going to PT next week? Yeah. Yeah, we'll be back PTing. I ain't done that in a long time. You got to get you a deer, too. Yeah, December. Yep. Yep. And we got that flight out to Arizona. You'll enjoy that. Are Um, you coming to that? Oh, I'll come, but I ain't flying. That's going to be... Dude, I I really want you to be there, because there's going to be a lot of... uh, I want to come. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity um, there to really meet some people. Oh, I ain't, I don't care about meeting the people. I'm going to go to support you and hear what you have to say. I'm bringing you there as my uh, my networking guy. I, I, no. Yeah. No, I just want to be there. Yeah, we've already got you a seat on the plane. Y'all gonna be see y'all no, gonna be seeing Chili on yeah. No you haven't. I y'all gonna be freaking... seeing Chili on mainstream media here. What do you think? Soon. Oh no, you're not. That's middle December. It's end of November. You think we hadn't got the flight yet? Yeah, I don't think you've got the flight yet. <laughs> and I ain't flying. Well, we got you a flight. <laughs> yeah. Guess you're screwed. I'll start my run across America now. You won't make it. No, buddy. You're coming. What do you mean I won't make it? In time. Who you think I am? You got one week to go to Arizona. Who you think I am? Maybe hitchhiking. I got a month. No, it's middle of December. What? Yep. What? Yeah. What? What days? Uh, if you got a flight scheduled, when's it leaving? Wait, right. we can't release that on the podcast, man. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Don't worry, it's all taken care of. All right. <laughs> Enough said. We gotta talk. No, we gotta talk. <laughs>